Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Hey, Daryl, we're twinsies today. I love it. We got, hey. we got the Selling from the Heart jackets on. I'm, I'm ready to get into this. We are sporting the Selling from the Heart swag. And by the way, speaking of Selling from the Heart swag, it is so exciting. I know we've been talking about this, but it is here. The 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge is going to be fantastic. 10 days of motivation, inspiration, ideas, and uh, and the tie into the swag, by the way, there's a VIP <laughs> option that's got some swag. So Larry, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, the guests that, uh, that are going to be joining us over this 10-day period are fantastic. No, I, I mean, I can't wait. But hey, by the way, on a side note, was some of that swag dropped off at my door yesterday? <laughs> it was. And we're going to we're going to keep that a secret we'll for everybody. Secret, it's it's going to be hot. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. You can go to the 2021. Let's see. It's www.2021authenticselling.com. You can also go to the Selling from the Heart website as well and register. It's free. And we'll have 10 days from 12 noon Eastern to one o'clock every day. It'll be recorded. Uh, so if you can't be there live every day, it is going to be dynamite. Go to the site. You'll see who's going to be joining me and Larry, and you're going to absolutely want to be a part of it. Uh, this may turn into an annual tradition, but I'm telling you this 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge is going to be fantastic. So uh, look in the show notes or 2021 AuthenticSelling.com. I'm excited, Larry. Yeah. Hey, hey, really quick. Can I, can we just like drop a couple names just to give people a tease? All right, go for it. So we'll, we'll, sh I'll just share a couple just because uh, the people that we're having at the Authentic Selling Challenge, they're near and dear to us. Um, in fact, all of them have been past podcast guests, believe it or not. So we'll just drop a couple. Mark Hunter, oh, who's yeah. near and dear friends of Selling from the Heart and a personal near and dear friend of both Daryl and I and Meredith Elliott Powell two just rock stars when it comes to waving the flag around authenticity and selling from the heart. So there's just a couple names. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic. You can see the entire roster on the site at 2021authenticselling.com. And by the way, if you're new to this Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart Larry, uh, selling from the heart happens best when there is a culture of authenticity. And we've got a great guest <laughs> lined up today that's that's just going to be pure dynamite. So why don't you introduce our friend and let's dive in. Hey, well, thanks, Daryl. That, that's a great segue into how I met Tim Coupler. But I'm a big believer in this, that listening is the new prospecting. I've said it over and over again. And when it comes to social, when you listen to what's out there, whether you listen with your ears or you listen with your eyes, you, you know, you're, you're paying attention to things, you will start reading, uncovering a cool people and great articles. And that's quite frankly how Tim and I met. 
is because I started to see some of Tim's work around corporate culture. And I go, that would be a great tie-in to selling from the heart because I'm a big believer that leaders who lead with the heart and develop a culture around heart, develop a team that sells with their heart. We had a great conversation. I said, hey, Tim, you got to come on the podcast. And he said, sure. So without further ado, Tim Coupler, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Very happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a fantastic conversation today about culture, but, and I'm really looking forward to your perspective on the question that every guest to Selling from the Heart answers, and that is, what does it mean to you, Tim, to sell from the heart? I mean, I, it's surprising how the intersection to culture is so strong with my answer, but uh, I think it's all about building relationships, that if you can't balance showing a genuine care and concern for someone with solving their problems and helping them get things done, then it's hard to, to sell that you're never going to live up to your potential unless someone really sees you as showing genuine care and concern for them while at the same time helping them solve problems, get work done or whatever your, your solution might be. So uh, that's how I think about it. You know, and here's what's interesting about that, Daryl, and what Tim just said. And, and I like the last part because there, there's a leadership tie into this. Because, you know, you brought up care and so forth. If leaders would listen, right, and help their salespeople solve their problems, issues, challenges, the same thing could be said in turn and how they flip that and go out in the field. And that and all that culture starts with leadership at the top. Right, Tim? Well, I mean, and so few leaders spend more time listening and asking questions than, than talking. I mean, one of my favorite questions is, hey, just what's troubling you and, uh, you know, getting to the heart of, of people's challenges and frustrations. And, and, and then they'll be more open with you about hey, what, what problems uh, you might have or, or issues they might see that'll help you out. But it starts with listening, I always think. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's a great place to start. And, and I love it. Just, it reminds me of our friend, Mike Altshuler, who, you know, the handshakes to hugs guy yeah. and, and talks, you know, talks just about how really the, the heart of trust is genuine relationship. And I think, you know, the, the culture uh, around all of that is really, really powerful. I'm curious um, how, you know, as we start, how you would define culture. Um, when we're talking about culture, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, Larry doesn't have much culture and, you know, that's something he struggles with. And hey, that was that was a great stab, Daryl Amy. <laughs> hey, really quick, wait, we got to put a break on this. Now I'm going to I'm going to throw this off, but I'm curious. I, I really want to get to Tim's answer, but now I'm dating myself. So the whole time Daryl goes, hey, Tim, you know, I'm curious about culture and all this. I'm dating myself. The first thing that comes to my mind is the culture club back in the eighties. So nevertheless, wow. segue back to you, Daryl. There just you go. Totally you just totally revealed our age, karma chameleon, but yeah, when you, <laughs> understanding Larry's lack of culture and uh, the culture club. Now that we have uh, totally spoiled this conversation, Tim, how would you define culture, especially in the context of sales and selling? Sure. Well, I, I'm going to focus in on organizational culture because there's obviously like mm -hmm. national cultures and things like that. And and I always think about uh, this, this gap that often exists between what people value and think leads to effectiveness, right? So I value listening and encouraging people and collaborating, but then the realities are the unwritten rules of the current culture that people follow to fit in 
solve problems and interact with others effectively. So on your sales team, we might say, hey, that collaboration listening is what we want, but it's really all about just competing, winning over your peers, not really collaborating, meeting your target, raising that target, getting that promotion, right? So that you can't hide from that. So what we talk and what we put on the wall but then the reality, the unwritten rules that people are following on your team. So we think about that culture from two perspectives, not just values, but the reality of the unwritten rules we're following to fit in in the workplace. Now, those unwritten rules. <laughs> I can just think of so many examples of organizations I've worked in where, you know, on the wall, you have the company values of, you know, integrity and blah, 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 blah. And, but the unwritten rules uh, inside the sales team were uh, very different <laughs> sometimes. And certainly, um, you know, certainly they prevailed, right? The unwritten rules always prevail over the, the written rules, I would guess, in, in an organization, right? They always do, right? Because that's what's driving your behavior. It's not what's on that wall. You know, when you're in a meeting with your boss or whatever, and you totally disagree with what they're saying, I mean, do you have a culture in your team where you can say, hey, I disagree, or, you know, I've got a better idea, or what about this? Or do you just go along with things? Do you support, you know, the the person with the most authority in the room? All that kind of garbage that in the end, holds us back from, from selling more and being more effective. Okay. So I, I just have to, I just have to hit the why behind this because I was in, you know, I, I hope we can peel this back a little bit more because, you know, I experienced what, what you guys have been sharing is, you know, I remember working in an organization where they had all the right stuff on the walls, right? Mm-hmm. The mission statements, the vision statements, the value statements, and then you get to the unwritten rule. So if that's being, if that's the case, then help us understand why those things are put on the wall in the first place. If the first sign of an issue or a challenge, they go to the unwritten rule. Why don't we just, why don't we just take all this stuff off the walls and not have mission statements and value statements and vision statements. I had to go there, right? Sorry. No, I mean, the funny thing though, is like, what if the unwritten rules were actually written on the wall? And nobody <laughs> would come to work. Right. But I mean, I literally, I heard a story yesterday about a sales professional that went to work in an organization, I won't say the name, um, they went to work in existing territories, a highly, highly lucrative position. And uh, three weeks later, they're gone. And, uh, you know, my buddy did the exit interview and was like, what's the deal? Why would you leave this dream job? It was the unwritten rules. You know, they got in and saw, saw the actual culture of the organization and said, yeah, this is not where I want to build a career. Yeah, I mean, to answer Larry's question about why people put that stuff up, it's it's quite honestly because they they have no clue around what it really takes often to live those and to mm-hmm. embed those into how people think and how mm-hmm. people truly operate. That they think, well, yeah, I heard from whoever that you're supposed to be purpose-driven and we need a great purpose statement and put that purpose on the wall. But is that really what's driving the whole team and our whole organization? Is that where what was built up in our you know history and everything? So there's this huge disconnect between what people think is culture and what supports an effective culture, whether it's recognition or parties or who knows what. 
But when I think about culture, it's really all about uniting your team to support your mission and most critical performance priorities. So that can be your sales team and meeting your sales goal. And how's our current culture helping us achieve those goals? And where's it holding us back? That's good. You know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, I'm a firm believer. If you ask your clients what they really want in support or from a salesperson, they will tell you, I bet you the same holds true. If leaders just sat down with their employees, if, if sales leaders sat down with their salespeople and just asked them, what do you really want and crave from us and the company, do you think they would share the honest truth? I mean, the key here is I always think about this concept called building culture muscle. Mm-hmm. That yes, you can sit down with them and you can ask for that feedback, but don't do it generically, right? Say, hey, to meet, to meet your sales goals or meet our team's goals in some areas, you know, what do you need? What's really helping? What's holding us back? And, and if you do something with the feedback, Right. Then the next time you have that conversation, even if the first time they weren't that open, they were hesitant, but you actually did something with what you heard. Then the next time you have that conversation, well, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I'm going to I'm going to get to more things that would really help us. So um, I think it's rare that people have that real intentional discussion open, but then translate it to action. You know, I think about this conversation here today from two perspectives, one from the perspective of the sales leader um, and the other from the perspective of a sales rep on a team. Um, Let's talk about sales leaders and then maybe we can circle back on sales reps as we as we round out. And we do have a lot of sales leaders listening to the podcast um, what, you know, what would you say to a sales leader who's, who's listening in today going, you know what, I hadn't really thought about my culture. <laughs> I think, you know, where would I start? I think obviously your, your insight on, on asking questions, um, is good, but I mean, where would you start in terms of if you were a sales leader and you just were kind of thinking, you know what, I should think about my culture. Um, wh- wh- like where do you even begin to think about that? So we, we don't want to start by thinking about culture right? Because that can be like a bottomless pit. We want to start by thinking about a problem, a challenge, a goal that we're trying to achieve. Okay. And then how is our culture helping us or holding us back, right? Because the culture is never going to make up for total dysfunction in having a disciplined sales process, um, you know, goals and plans and follow-up. But it will make the difference in excelling and really living up to the potential of what your team can do. Because if they're not sharing honest feedback, if they're not, if they don't feel that their ideas are going to be translated to action, if they're going to personally grow and all these things, then, you know, we're not going to live up to our full potential. So the the starting point is, hey, what's a problem, challenge, or goal? Then engaging your team and prioritize feedback, prioritize feedback, not just a bunch of stuff about, hey, what are these patterns of behavior that are really helping us? Mm-hmm. oriented or we communicate or whatever. And these that are holding us back is, Hey, we don't, you know, shoot straight with each other. We don't collaborate well across groups or cross sell or, or whatever it might be. So that we're then able to really zero in on something about, well, why, why is that so deeply entrenched? Mm. Keep going deeper. So problem, how's culture helping and hindering? And then why is those things that hindering so deeply entrenched? So we're not just staying at the surface. 
I really like that because, you know, a lot of times I think I'll just confess. And I also just thinking about this through the perspective of my role previously as a sales leader, sometimes I think there's a tendency to think, you know, a word like culture, that's just too touchy feely and soft. We got goals to hit. And I love the mindset of saying, okay, let's actually start with a goal. Let's start with a problem. And, and then let's ask how our culture is, is helping or hindering us which is so much better, Larry, than just walking into the, you know, if the problem is sales activity, just walking in and going, you guys need to do more activity, you know, and actually asking the questions and peeling it back. Yeah, but, but here, here's something, and, and I'd love to get Tim's perspective on this because I was, I was listening to what you're saying, Tim, and this is what was going through my head. There's two words that, that were going through my head. It's called psychological safety. Mm. And and, and I and I see I see this somewhere tying in. I don't know where, but can you peel that back? And, and here's why: because if leaders are going to develop that that culture, right? They're going to sit down and ask, you know, those issues, the challenges, you know, hey, what's really going on? Psychological safety's got to play into this somewhere, where somebody says, you know what? I feel safe and open sharing what's really on my mind and my heart with mm-hmm. Tim. Is that, am I, am I hitting on the right cylinder on this? You're dead on it. It's a critical part of it in groups, right? So in groups, as you interact with each other, if you're not comfortable just saying what's on your mind and being open, right? If you're always like editing your feedback, then that's culture, right? That's those edits are, Hey, you know, just let them make the decision or they won't use my feedback or whatever. So we want to create that psychological safety, but connecting it back to selling from the heart if you don't have a relationship with each other, if if you don't have some empathy and, and genuine care and concern for others, right? They're going to say, hey, I, you know, it's not worth my time. They're, they're not really interested in me. They're just interested in the goal or, or whatever it might be, or I know they're not going to use my feedback. So mm-hmm. we want to show that concern individually and in groups, create that safe place for us to really just get straight to the heart of solving some of these problems Versus assuming that, hey, they're not going to listen to my feedback or it's not going to be translated to action. How do you, um, as a sales leader, you know, obviously sales is a highly, um, and we're accountable for results, right? You've got a sales team that is accountable for results. Uh, if we know in sales, if we don't hit the results, we got another chance, but at some point, you know, the party's over, right? Um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you create that type of environment in a um, a sales team where you 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 have to hit the results, like how does that balance? There's a lot of seems like a lot of tension there, right? Just naturally. So actually, results are the reinforcement loop for any new cultural attribute to form. So right, we get whatever the results are. Hey, that's reinforcement. But whatever behavior we use to get there, you know. That's what's good. That's what's expected around here. But once you start raising the bar, then that's not always the case, right? That we've, for the last five years, what got us here won't get us there. So Mm -hmm. we need to solve some new problems and we need to get more creative. So that's where culture comes into play, where we almost have to unlearn some different approaches that might have worked for us to get to a certain point Mm behavior-wise with other team members, but to go to another level we've got to get, get more creative and more open. So a great culture is one that's adaptive in the marketplace and we can, you know, achieve those increasing targets, but it is all about getting the results 
and what helped and hindered our, our progress on that path. Yeah. You know, just going on in that story uh, that I was telling about the high performance sales rep that took that yeah. lucrative sales job and quit three weeks later when they did the exit interview, then they found out that sales leader had actually lost three other sales reps in the last six months. And, you know, it, it was one of those things, once again, you may think culture is touchy feely, but if you look at the opportunity cost of three plus one, four salespeople in a high performance, you know, I, I mean, that's, probably a million dollars of, you know, in, in lost, you know, uh, opportunity costs and all that stuff. And, and so these, these culture things are really, um, are really a challenge. I think, so I, here's what I've noticed from my experience and from the, the sales industry in general, we take our great salespeople who have management aspirations, but maybe not leadership skill. And we put them in sales leadership positions um, and, and, you know, I mean, it's just the way the world works, but I've, you know, I found myself as a sales leader, I got promoted because I was a top sales rep and thought oh, it'd be great to be a sales sales manager. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I had the skills of a salesperson. I didn't have the skills of a leader. Um, where, how, if, if, if leaders are listening in right now and want to run with this concept of culture and learn more. Um, you know, where would you recommend that they start? Sure. I mean, we've, we've got some tools and templates that might be helpful as far as like a culture roadmap and kind of a stepways process um, and other things. I I do think it, we want to connect back to what we were talking about before. Hey, if you want to understand more about this topic, pick a goal, right? Mm -hmm. It's we're gonna it's new product sales or whatever else, and we're gonna engage the team around hey in how we operate, what's really helping or holding us back in our behavior with each other's. Where hey we're we're competing or we're not collaborating, whatever. Because sales can be the starting point for a more significant true cultural change. Mm-hmm. Because with sales that we get that immediate feedback of what's working and what's not when we try something new. So if we actually meet a, a sales target or the sales team gets on a good path, then that can make a big difference with other groups that support sales or support the products or services we're delivering. And now we need to collaborate, not just within our sales team in this disciplined, consistent way, but with other, other groups and teams. So it can all start with your sales team, focusing in on one or two significant outcomes what's helping, what's hurting, really getting to why those are so deeply entrenched. And let's pilot something. Let's mm-hmm. pilot a, a different sales approach on that new product or service. Let's let's see what works. So you're not changing everything. You're saying, hey, on some aspect of sales, something we're trying to deliver, let's pilot something as a team where there's no way people are going to feel that lack of psychological safety or people not comfortable speaking up because that's what the whole discussion's about is, hey, what needs to be said about this, this target or this goal and what needs to be different. So piloting something's the key, but on a, on a specific measurable goal. Hey, Daryl, isn't it, isn't it interesting um, culture? It, I'm just, it, it just, this is a fascinating conversation. Thanks, Tim. I mean, this, this has been really cool, but there's culture, there's subcultures, there's subcultures probably within an organization. And I look at, you know, everything points back to sales. And I look back on my whole career in sales, Daryl, same with you, is the culture of the company was always defined by what was going on in the sales department. 
Yeah. It's so, right? It really, it really is a bell cow for all of that. And, and that, which, which I want to shift in the few minutes we have, have remaining. Um, we promised our sales reps that are listening and our sales professionals that we talk about uh, culture from the perspective of a sales rep. So um, if you're a sales rep um, and you're in an organization and maybe, you know, you, feel like the culture could use some improvement. <laughs> Let's just put it, put it politely. Um, you know, short of short of leaving, um, you know, what what can you do when you're on a team and you feel like uh, there are some some areas that the culture needs to be improved? How, how do you navigate that as a team member? I think you look at it the same way as if you're the leader, right? What can I do with others that I can pilot some improvement? And, and we can really be honest with a subgroup, right? Mm-hmm. Another couple sales reps that, you know, I'm working with where we can solve a problem. We can show that, hey, there's some other ideas out there. Um, if we're open to them, we can achieve a better result. Because the problem is, if you think it's someone else's solution, the culture problem or fixing it, um, then that's not the reality. The reality is culture starts with you no matter what level you're at and it's collaborating with others to solve a problem with more constructive behavior. It's all about solving problems. And if, if you can't do that at your level or band with one other person to solve some problem, then maybe it's time to get out of there. But if you can, and and we can start that cycle of being open to some different approaches, you never know where that could go. I mean, that's where my whole career started in one department of a larger organization and hey, it worked and I got promoted and good things happened. But if I was waiting for someone else to take yeah. it, forget it. You know, it's interesting if you think about sales, I mean, really what sales professionals are doing is they're navigating all kinds of corporate cultures, right? All of your, your client relationships, you go in and you walk into, you know, it's like going from France to Italy to, you know, you're walking into different cultures everywhere you go. So, you know, putting aside the culture in the office, the reality is, um, you know, we have an opportunity to be culture shifters um, in, in all of our client engagements, especially the clients that we're, we're closest with. That's huge. So it's not just in sales where you can have an impact. And then within your own organization, as far as, you know, building a more collaborative, effective environment that further grows sales, mm-hmm. but with your customers or prospects, having being attuned to culture, and we have this language and measure around culture where there's constructive, aggressive, and passive unwritten rules. Okay. You can really be in tune to those with your prospects. And wow, this is one where you can't ever make a mistake. Everything has to be perfect, right? Well, okay, you know what you have to bring them as far as solutions and answers. But this other one, man, they want to make things happen. They're go, 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 get it done. Well, I don't have to, you know, prepare the same way. I, I need to yeah. prepare differently and engage them differently. Wow, Larry, what a, I mean, I feel like we've opened up a whole new thread of conversation here inside Selling from the Heart um, around this topic of culture. And um, this is, um, you know, we, we've said all along, Tim, that that sales professionals are leaders. You know, if leaders are people that inspire change, sales sales professionals are leaders. And, and one of the core um disciplines, core parts of leadership is culture. And I think that um, you've opened up a whole new 
um, door of possibility here, especially in terms of how our um, high performance salespeople are thinking about the relationships they have with their clients and, um, you know, and, and that buying team inside their, their client's office and getting a seat at the table and all these things we talk about. So I, Larry, uh, home run here today. This is oh, yeah. uh, Pandora's box just got opened up. <laughs> no, I, I mean I I love it, and and, the, and there was something that was said, and and, and Daryl, you and Tim were talking about it, and I really loved what came out of it. Is is sales professionals being culture creators? Mm-hmm. What was said, and that's why I latched on a lot of the things when I saw Tim, you know, posting things on social. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we're in and out sales professionals, regardless of what, you know, what company you work for, what industry or what vertical you work in, you're in and out of so many different organizations. And I'm a big believer. There's another C word is we have to start being cognizant of the cultures inside that organization. Cause mm-hmm. I think if we are, that gives us clues, right? The old yeah. saying success Absolutely. leaves clues is if we can start paying attention to the cultures of these organizations that we're working with or want to work with, they will share with us, maybe not verbally, but it's the clues on how to work with them. It's just by paying attention to their culture. It's two different sides. So with selling from the heart and scaling sales, right, we might be interested in actually changing culture. But with our prospects, you know, we're not going to change their culture, but we have to navigate it effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that may be the key to getting the sale in the first place. So just being attuned and in sync with them make means everything, but that's navigating culture. That's not changing culture. So oh, that's, good. that's, that's dynamite. And Tim, I can see some longer conversations happening because that right there is, especially for our major account, high performance sales reps that are deeply integrated. Um, understanding how to navigate culture is, is something so powerful. I can't believe we've bumped up against our time here. This, uh, once again, Tim, I'm, I'm profoundly grateful because I feel like you just opened up a whole new world of possibilities um, for us here in this conversation. And um, I'm, I'm so excited um, that, uh, that you've, you've opened up this new thread and I'm looking forward to um, continuing this conversation with you and, and sharing, we'll share links to the, uh, the culture university and some of your other resources. Uh, but you definitely want to connect with Tim. Tim, thank you so much for all you're doing. And, man, this is, this has been fantastic. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I should have mentioned, uh, you know, I'm a salesperson too with human synergistics. That's we right. Sell. We're all in sales. <laughs> Team assessments and all, but we'll share some links and, and yeah. I really culture's the key to scaling selling from the heart because you can think you're selling from the heart, but if it's not changing the behavior of anyone else on your sales team and you don't know how to address that, then that can be really frustrating. But the culture can be the key to, to scaling that. So good. Wow. Pure gold, pure gold. Well, Tim, thank you. And everybody in the Selling from the Heart um, audience, our community, thank you as well. It's such an inspiration to get to interact with all of you. I can't tell you how excited I am about uh, the 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge. I know we'll see all of you there. Um, Go ahead right now to 2021authenticselling.com. Uh, reserve your seat. And uh, until next week, uh, Larry, I, I just, I, 
I'm I'm blown away here by the possibilities. I feel like we just need to keep talking for another hour on this. <laughs> we got to wrap it up. So until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, improve and influence your culture, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.